I think this is season one, episode 43. Yes, <clears throat> something like that. Okay, so it's uh, Fourth of July weekend, and uh, the neighbors have started popping the firecrackers, and uh, probably won't see the cat until Monday. Okay, he's too stupid to talk and too ugly to eat. Because it's a great big stupid world On a dirt clod out in space Where it's not nobody knows If Jesus came back today They'd try to book him on the Oprah Winfrey show Because it's a great big stupid world He's given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder there's a mind left. It's Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. Well, it's the 4th of July weekend, and, uh, well, it's, uh, who'd have thought we'd be celebrating the 4th of July with a pandemic outbreak still? I, I don't know. I <laughs> Well... Yeah, and it's a heat wave where, where at the time I'm recording the podcast this, this time. Oh, yeah, and a, and a heat wave is defined as three or more days with 90 degree or more temperatures consecutively. So, yeah, we're going to have like four or five days. And in Pennsylvania, I mean, if it gets above 86, there's people dying, you know, laying in the in puddles of water. You know, down south, a day of 90 degrees is like spring, so, so, well, and and I don't know. I mean, um, for me, you know what they say: it's not the heat; it's just the humidity. But uh, I, I uh, it is getting a little uncomfortable. I kind of wish I had a pool. Um, unfortunately, where I live, um, I'm on top of a rock. We 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 when we built our house, we hauled away 32 triaxial loads of uh, dark gray limestone. So I don't think we can chisel out a uh, a swimming pool, you know, and I don't like the above ground pools either, you know. Um, but I I don't know I I, I kind of got inspired, you know, by um, those kids in Philadelphia. Did you hear that it got so hot in Philadelphia they they wanted to swim and none of the pools were open because of the whole coronavirus thing. So they decided to just, you know, contact the city and uh, rent a dumpster, a big dumpster. And and they uh, decided to convert that into a pool. Uh, they put, um, like, boards at the bottom and some of the pool noodles at the bottom. And then they covered it all in a tarp and filled it full of water. So it was a great idea until the city found out about it. And then they had to ask them, please, if you rent a dumpster from the city, don't use it as a pool, you know. Um, so, you know, if you can't basically rent a pool like a dumpster and you don't have the money to go out and buy a pool, maybe you can just make it a do-it-yourself pool. Are you stuck in lockdown without a backyard pool because they've completely sold out? Yeah! Are you jealous of your neighbors because they splash and laugh so obnoxiously into your binoculars? Yeah! Wait, how do Then you... you need the do-it-yourself pool kit. It comes complete with everything you need. A shovel and garden hose. Just listen to our happy customers. I thought mud would be an issue, but it's actually super relaxing. We didn't even need to add water. We dug right into a sewage pipe and it filled up on its own. 
Smells like a victorious staycation. Call now and we'll also include a pool skimmer. It's perfect for scooping those pesky floaters. So stop peeking into your neighbor's backyard and give them something to peek at. The do-it-yourself pool kit. It's probably not healthy, but hey, it's a pool. Okay, maybe that's probably not a good idea. Maybe I might want to just maybe... Uh, actually... The the big the big going thing for swimming pools is um, the the uh, the horse troughs. Just go to your local farm implement store and buy a king size horse trough, and voila, you got and, and you know it's got that rustic early Americana vibe to it. Also, I don't know. Well, if you're gonna have your um, homemade swimming pool, why not make some homemade ice cream? And why not do it? Well, now we have adult ice cream to go with your adult beverages you know with the drink of the summer last year being hard seltzer well it you know it was a it it is kind of a low calorie alternative to beer why not hard seltzer flavored ice cream yeah Uh, the brand truly hard seltzer teamed up with a company called tipsy scoop that makes alcoholic ice cream each pint of ice cream five percent alcohol just like the hard seltzer. So it might get you drunk if you eat enough of it. If you don't get drunk, you'll certainly get a brain freeze. Not really sure how many calories are in it, though. But it comes in four flavors. Truly original lemonade ice cream, black cherry lemonade ice cream, strawberry lemonade sorbet, and mango lemonade sorbet. And they're selling variety packs on tipsyscoop.com for just 48 bucks plus shipping. Now, if, you know, any girls out there get despondent and they need to have ice cream that's an awful lot to sit there and consume a quart of the stuff but um hey why not you know well um may- maybe if you have or you're hungover it might be a good remedy for a you know you're hungover the next day after too much partying on the fourth of july actually um you may want to fake a sick day you know yeah so so maybe you just think it's easy to call in sick whenever you're maybe working from home. Maybe that's the point. You know, you've been working from home all this time, and it's just much easier to to call in sick when I'm working from home, you know? Hello? I can't come to work today. I was in a terrible plane crash. My entire family was killed, and I am a vegetable. I'll see you tomorrow. Well, according to a new survey, 52% of us have faked a sick day before. And the top reasons we call in sick when we're not actually sick are, uh, well, to take a mental health day. Now, my wife has tried to get me to do this. You know, she's actually said, well, just take a mental health day. (laughs) We're not really sick. We just don't feel good. So I'll take a mental health day. Or maybe we have to go to a doctor's appointment. Or we're just too tired to work. Or because we just don't want to go in. Okay, let me me just tell you something. Uh, She goes, oh, you're entitled to sick day. Well, yeah, I am. They're not like vacation days. You don't have to take them if you don't need them. But we're entitled to them, so take them. So that's where we come up with a mental health day. Actually, some companies are actually saying, well, yeah, you can take a mental health day. Well, the most um, popular day to call in sick, obviously, is Monday. I, I would suppose Garfield the cat feels the same way. A third of us have actually used a sick day after a holiday. So, well, we... A lot of people are taking the Friday before the 4th of July as the official holiday. And 
So we'll probably have a Monday sick day after the 4th of July, since the 4th of July happens to fall on a Saturday this year. On average, we give our boss a heads up sometimes six hours before the work starts. But 3% have actually called in sick after we were supposed to be there. Actually, I remember one time at an old job that I used to have where we really weren't really sure if we were getting our paychecks on time. Uh, one, one particular instance, my paycheck was as much as three days late, and they kept blaming the post office for it. So I decided to just call in early in the morning to find out, once again, the checks had not gotten into the office and so that afternoon, I decided to call back and just say, you know, I don't feel so good. And that was it. I really did. That was, I think that was the last time I really faked a sick day. <clears throat> I was just, I had come down sick in the wallet. Uh, actually, calling on the phone is still the most popular way to call in a sick day. And now we've got texting. And the states with the most people who have taken the fake sick day, Connecticut. Then there's New Hampshire. And of course, New Jersey. But then we've got Kansas. Really? Kansas? What are you going to do in Kansas? And then there's Kentucky. Well, then, I guess with Kentucky, you can fake a sick day and then make some of that uh, Jack Daniels hard seltzer flavored ice cream. Uh, then there's also Wisconsin, Utah, and Minnesota. Well, they do it the least. Well, Utah, I can expect that because they're all honest Mormons. And if you happen to like the new uh, the, the TV show Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like my son does, well... It's going to be a different season this year. The murder of George Floyd and all these events that followed and will continue to transpire, of course, are going to have a definite profound effect on a lot of the TV cop shows, <laughs> not to mention Paw Patrol. Well, changes are already in the works. There were four episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine already written for the upcoming season, but guess what? They have now been scrapped. Yeah. Um, Terry Crews says, quote, we've had a lot of somber talks about it and deep conversations. We hope that through this we're going to make something that will be truly groundbreaking this year. Well, I hope to the Lord they don't make it as groundbreaking as Jimmy Fallon did with his groundbreaking grovel fest whenever he come and, and turn The Tonight Show into a guilt uh, trip, you know? I actually stopped watching The Tonight Show. I did. It was the, it, 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 it was hanging on by a thread. But after Jimmy Fallon decided to uh, basically turn it into a white guilt trip, I said, okay, I've, I've pretty much had enough. Yeah, well, anyway, Cruz goes on to say, we have an opportunity and we plan to use it in the best way possible. We have to start over. Right now, we don't know which direction it's going to go in. Wow. Makes me want to stop everything and program my VCR. Well, there's also now um, a new sci-fi movie, but no, it's not having anything to do with white privilege or any kind of racial issues. It's about a robot actress. It's finally come to this, folks. The science fiction movie is going to be called Simply B, in small case B, by the way. It's going to be the first film to rely on an artificially intelligent actor. Guess what, folks? I have been doing radio for over 40 years and the entire time it's been with artificial intelligence. Uh, the movie features, quote, a scientist who discovers dangers associated with a program he created to perfect human DNA and helps the artificially intelligent woman he designed escape. <laughs> Didn't they kind of do that back in 2001, A Space Odyssey? 
Dave, what are you doing? Dave. The woman will be played by uh, Erica. Erica is an actual AI robot. Can you say creepazoid? Her creators uh, taught her the craft by applying the principles of method acting to artificial intelligence. So one of them says, quote, Erica has no life experiences. She was created from scratch to play the role. It's kind of how I got my job in radio. We had to simulate her motions and emotions through one-on-one sessions, such as controlling the speed of her movements and talking through her feelings and coaching character development and body language. Wow, she could be somebody's wife. Well, maybe, you know, we talk, in one of our previous podcasts, I was talking about the uh, robot bartender. Wonder if we can maybe have Erica do a side hustle when she's not making her movie. Well, if you're going to go to a bar, people are finally getting to go back and enjoying some, you know, socializations now that the economy is reopening. Hopefully we'll get to do it before they close it again because of the spike in coronavirus cases. But if you happen to visit a bar, I hope you won't experience anything like you're going to find in the top things you don't want to hear in a bar. Well, like the one that they heard in a bar in Little Rock, Arkansas recently when a couple shamed another couple for not wearing masks and not practicing social distancing. And, well, let's just say that everybody, well, ended up upside down before it was over with. And there was a broken bottle in the middle of it. But some of the things you don't want to hear in a bar OMG, Karen, the jute box has the electric slide. Or can I buy you a Clorox? Oh, the beer's free. Cups are a thousand bucks. Something else you don't want to hear in a bar. I like my martinis like my junk. Shaken, not stirred. What does that even mean? And now for our next karaoke performance for drunk white women doing Whitney Houston. <laughs> Keep my feet from dancing. Or, sure hope this whiskey helps kill my mouth herpes. Hmm. Don't want to hear that in the bar. Sorry we don't serve deceptively strong and vividly colorful drinks that get women wasted before they know what hit them. <laughs> Mr. Cosby. Oh, you're Antifa. How funny. I belong to a right-wing militia. Eh, don't want to hear that in the bar either. Or how about this? Let's discuss politics and religion. Or better yet, let's discuss the use of face masks. Or we're out of beer, but we have plenty of white claw. Uh, <clears throat> no thanks. Something else you don't want to hear in a bar? Catching coronavirus will be the least of your worries after you use our restroom. Or if you were as close to OJ as I am, you'd know there's no way he could have done it. Hmm, thanks. Instead of peanut shells, we cover our floor with human teeth. <laughs> And that's how I lost my penis on a wood chipper. Now, don't think I need to hear that in a bar. Some other things you don't want to hear in a bar. Gin and tonic? How the heck am I supposed to make that? Could you put on the preseason arena football game? And finally, the big thing you don't want to hear when you go to a bar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where's the spit screen? Well, if you're going to go out, make sure that you get yourself all dolled up, okay? Get your makeup on and make it straight. Now, that We're talking to the guys. Because now there's makeup for men. Now, it's been around for a while, but, you know, you can get it online. It's not like you can just walk down the makeup aisle and 
pick it up at the average store, right? But not so fast. <laughs> That's about to change. Makeup for men has finally gone mainstream. Finally, I can come out of the closet. CVS, that's right, your local CVS pharmacy has just announced they're stocking a full lineup of makeup for the masculine man in about 2,000 of their stores around the country. The brand, oddly enough, is called Strix. It's kind of like the band Styx with the R stuck in the middle. They sell things like concealer, tinted moisturizer, and face cleanser for the metrosexual man. They say, quote, we didn't just take a woman's product and slap a four-men label on it. Our products are meticulously formulated for male skin. Well, the question is, is my skin meticulously formulated for that makeup? A survey from last year found that about a third of men under 45, a third, said they'd be interested in trying makeup. I can just see it now at the bar watching Steelers football. Oh, wow, Steve. Is that a new color of rouge? Oh, well, just when you thought it was safe to turn on the TV, dear God, make it stop. Baby Shark is coming to Nickelodeon. Yes, indeed. I'm sure you probably said to yourself at some point over the past four years, we'll be done with this Baby Shark nonsense eventually, right? Well, you'd be wrong. The original video has almost 6 billion, with a B, 6 billion views. And now there's a TV show. It's called, well, creatively enough, Baby Shark's Big Show. Coming to Nickelodeon. Starting with a Christmas special in December. Nick says it's excited to, quote, dive deeper into this incredible world. Huh? Please, America, if there is to be any hope for the future of our nation, stop raising our kids on this garbage. <laughs> Give them Maurice Sendick. Give them Shell Silverstein. Anything but this mindless, repetitive madness. I'm open to talking about anything, but love talking about surviving and the stupidity that is always around us. And if you're insane enough to ask, I'm always insane enough to reply. I'd love to hear from you either by leaving a voice message or a written message. And you can do that at podcast.insaneericlane.com. Leave any comment that you have from a podcast or a question you might have, and I'll be happy to address either one. Your question or comment might even just be played and or talked about in a future podcast and if you or someone you know would actually like to join in on a podcast you're more than welcome to participate and if you have that anchor app on your phone you can do just that it's as simple as a phone call download the app at your favorite app store and add our podcast my podcast to your favorites you can also email me with comments and questions, requests at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. That's insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E.com. Of course, you should certainly subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you listen to it on Apple, Breaker, Google, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, or Spotify. And of course, don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. That's insane, E-R-I-K. L-A-N-E.
Pennsylvania's illustrious governor has uh, decreed a new directive here recently now mandating all citizens of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to wear a mask when you leave home. Okay, as if we need something else to, uh, well, have someone get in our business about. So, yes, and so I'm sure that this is really going to inflame all of the Karens out there about having to wear a mask or not wear a mask. And there's going to have all kinds of excuses for not wearing a face mask. And so with that in mind, let's give you the latest Karen report. Karen. 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 You what? Why did you do that? Why did you do that, Karen? She's alarming but disarming and a really very charming modern girl. Karen. Health officials say wearing a face mask will greatly help reduce the spread of COVID-19. But, uh, you know, as you might have guessed, a lot of folks still ain't wearing them. And one was yet another Karen who made herself known she was a woman in Los Angeles, California, who tried to go into a Trader Joe's without a mask on the day that the store reopened. Now, uh, uh, there was a vi- of course there's a video of her flipping out when she was told to leave, has gone viral. Well, she threw, a, as my mother would say, a wing-ding conniption fit, throwing her basket on the ground, calling people in the store Democratic pigs, claimed that she had a breathing problem and can't wear masks. And, of course, the guy that was there caught it all on camera, and he's making his own comments as it all unfolds. Y'all, Karen is showing out in Trader Joe's. She does not have on a mask, and somebody said, Please, this is opening day of Trader Joe's in North Hollywood. This is Karen. And then there's the young lady, a Karen in Dallas, Texas, who was told she couldn't continue shopping, maskless. So she decided to throw a temper tantrum, another wingding conniption fit, and all of her groceries also got thrown out of her cart and onto the floor. And makes it perfectly clear she doesn't care about the mask rule or her city. And yet another Karen behaving badly. This happened actually when a woman wanted to buy beer. But she's told, sorry, got to wear a mask. The clerk tells her that she can buy a mask. Well, then that really gets her spitting mad. She actually spits on the counter under the protective plastic partition. By the way, the clerk offers to help the woman recording, but she wants to just keep watching. I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying for it. We have a right in America not to wear a mask. If you not watch the news, we don't have to do this. There, find it. I think it went over there. You speed up. You speed on the ground. Don't do that. 
I want to keep watching. <laughs> to wear a mask or not to wear a mask, that's just the big debate, you see. There's so many debates on whether we should wear a mask and maybe excuses for why we should not wear a mask. I don't know. Suddenly, I'm finding myself mask debating a lot. In these trying times, much debate has risen over whether or not to wear a mask. The people who engage in these arguments are known as mask debaters. We urge you, please do not mask debate in public. Do it in the privacy of your own home with the door closed. Don't mask debate while visiting your parents. Especially don't mask debate on a work conference call or, God forbid, a Zoom session. This has been a public service announcement about the dangers of mask debating. And we remind you, if you can't find a mask, use a gray gym sock. So here are the top excuses for not wearing a mask. You believe in your God-given right to spread infectious diseases to whomever you please. How are you supposed to flirt with people if they can't even see your tongue? The cape and the boots should be enough to make you look like a superhero. You already have something that protects you from others called your personality. When you're at a store, it's hard to fight the urge to demand all the money in cash in the cash register and run off. Another top excuse for not wearing a face mask, the quicker grandma dies, the quicker you get your inheritance. You want to try one of those cool new ventilators at the hospital. You're a millennial and you just get tired of constantly having to remove your mask to take your 5,000 daily selfies. If people can't see your frown, how will they know you're a miserable dope? (laughs) Another reason that folks are not, maybe they're excusing themselves for wearing a mask. Eh, Cover up a few thousand dollars in Botox injections? I don't think so. Oh, sorry. I guess that's a Kris Jenner excuse for not wearing a face mask. Here's another one. It's like uh, way inconvenient to lift it every time you need to vape, bro. You won't obey in order to wear a mask unless it comes from your dominatrix. Nobody's made one with your favorite anime character on it yet. Another top excuse for not wearing a face mask. It makes it hard to use a breathalyzer that starts your car. Or you're Canadian. You already wear an emotional mask. It's harder to snort cocaine through fabric. It makes you look like a sissy. Plus it stifles your girlish giggle. And finally, the top excuses for not wearing a face mask. You're Kardashian. What's one more virus? So there's a woman that is uh, now suing for paternity tests on goats. And guess what? She's from Florida. She's filed this lawsuit seeking either a paternity test on her goats or a refund. Chris Hedstrom filed the suit against her neighbor, Heather Daner, seeking DNA for the goats she purchased. Hedstrom paid Daner 900 bucks for five Nigerian dwarf goats. According to the lawsuit, Hedstrom believed the goats, named Bella, Gigi, Rosie, Zelda, and Margot, could be registered with the American Dairy Goat Association, a group that records goat pedigrees. Registered goats have higher values 
than the unregistered goats. Hmm. I wonder if they have free-range goats out there. Well, Daner, who has been selling goats at Baxter Lane Farm for about a decade, typically provides information to her clients so that they can register the animals themselves. She said the father goat was registered, but that the ADG rejected Hedstrom's application to register her babies because Daner is not an active member. Proving paternity would require about 40 of the father's goat hair follicles for a DNA test. So Hedstrom wrote Daner a letter requesting the DNA in February. Daner offered to refund the money in exchange for the goats. Uh, frankly, I think the whole story sounds a bit ridiculous. Oh, wait a minute. It all took place in Florida. The goats are named, let me think. What are the, what are the names again? Bella, Gigi, Rosie, Zelda, and Margot. <laughs> Jeez. Silly me, I thought those were the names of the Spice Girls. And then there's a group that's busted with a truckload of illegal fireworks just in time for the 4th of July. Oh, and uh, three dead alligators. I guess it's, you know, when you're trafficking illegal goods, you can't always be picky about what you traffic. But cops in Staten Island, New York, they book a group of 10 people because they were caught with a truckload of illegal fireworks and were planning to sell them. And along with the fireworks, they were also hauling three dead alligators. Well, I assume that they're, what, going to sell them maybe, turn them into belts? Haven't heard anything else about it. But police did tweet out a photo of the fireworks, but not the gators. They did mention them, though, in the tweet and specifically said that they were not joking. <laughs> of course, cops never joke. Police... Uh, well, the, all the people that they arrested by the police, now they're facing charges for the fireworks trafficking and unlawfully transporting three alligator carcasses. <laughs> wow. And, of course, our beloved hometown where yours truly resides has made the news thanks to a driver who gets his license suspended for 56 years. It's almost impressive, frankly. This guy who, whose driver's license has been suspended for the next 56 years has again been charged with, you guessed it, driving with a suspended license. And it happened right here in our beloved Belfont, Pennsylvania. The police stopped Robert Albro, and according to PennDOT, Albro's license expired in 1997, and he has eight, count them, Eight suspension convictions. His driver's license is actually suspended until 2076. I don't know. I'm starting to kind of get the feeling that old Robert is just a wee bit defiant, wouldn't you say? I, of course, it does sound about right when you think about it. I mean, Robert works as a driver for Uber. Well, you know, I told you about the alligators. They're smuggled in there with all them their fireworks. Have you ever thought of maybe a reptile on your pizza? <sighs> Only in Florida, right? How about a little pepperoni and uh, some iguana on half? Yeah, it happened West Palm Beach, a pizzeria named Pizza Mambo. They found to have had uh, a dead 80-pound iguana in their freezer. The Florida Sun Sentinel reported that they were allegedly storing this uh, giant lizard after it was given to the owner as a gift to eat later. What? 
The animal was discovered when the state inspectors did a health code check. I bet that was a real surprise. Though the animal was housed in a separate mini-freezer and not with all the other food storage there at the restaurant, the discovery was still counted as a violation of the health code. The lizard was discarded immediately afterward. The restaurant also, surprisingly, had other violations and was forced to temporarily close for the day. So, yes, really? Well, who would have thought that a pizza joint in Florida with a frozen iguana would have other health violations? I guess ordering from this pizzeria definitely had to be a bit weird. Oh, yeah, uh, I'd like to have a large supreme pizza, but hold the iguana. Between a frozen iguana and we've got rodent droppings and dead roaches, heck, this might be the most disgusting pizza place ever. Even Papa John's thinks that they could clean up their act. You know, sometimes it's kind of fun to go back and look at some of these old TV shows. And, you know, when they talk about certain things that were the common culture norms back then, it doesn't make any sense when you watch it today, unless you know what they're talking about in context, you know? I mean, whenever I'm watching my uh, old reruns of The Munsters, you know, I get the context that they refer to. My kids are kind of going, well, that's not funny. (laughs) You know, because, you know, they have no idea the context. Well, guess what? Um, The same thing is kind of happening today on a much rapid scale. How about something that we may have said recently that would make no sense if we said the same thing this time in 2019? I mean, we're not even we're practically half over here in 2020. And I'd say, wow. We've almost changed a generation over the past six months. So there was a trend I saw on Twitter where people are answering the question, what is something that you may have said over the past six months that would sound completely stupid in 2019? This is how stupid the world has become. (laughs) Here's some of the better responses. For instance, Think about this phrase and how it would go over a year ago. Well, they wouldn't let me into the bank because I wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah. Here's another thing that would sound stupid if you said it in 2019. Oh, that was such a beautiful Zoom wedding. Or, oh, you found Clorox wipes. Someone wants to get laid. Here's one. Again, this would really sound completely stupid if you said it six months ago or more. I just ate my 39th loaf of homemade bread and traded the 40th for some toilet paper. Oh, you're invited to my daughter's drive-by 10th birthday. What? Or how about this one? I, I might preemptively homeschool in the fall because it's going to happen next year anyway. What? Another thing that you probably would sound stupid saying back in 2019 that you may have said recently, I am so glad those murder hornets weren't worse. Or how about this one? Mom, Dad, look, I don't care what you heard on TV. Please don't inject yourself with bleach. My, how times have changed. Well, a lot of folks have hit the road over the 4th of July holiday. Um... 
And, you know, well, I don't know about you, but I'll be taking a road trip probably, I hope, whenever I travel back to the old homestead for a family reunion at Thanksgiving, I hope. That is, if we're not in another lockdown. But if you're taking a road trip with the family, I've got some tips for you, okay? Plan some stimulating topics for the family to discuss in eh, three minutes before the kids put in their earbuds. And it may be faster than that in some cases. You might want to pack a cooler. Not not just the one that you're, you're going to use for organ harvesting. And try to select a musical playlist that everybody will agree on, even though it doesn't exist. And also, um, bring some books along so that your spouse will be distracted as you oogle folks at the pool. <laughs> Make sure that you also leave room in the trunk for the kid who will not stop whining. Are we there yet? Mommy! Mommy, I have to go to the bathroom. You can also keep the kids busy in the hotel room by offering 10 bucks to the one who collects the most bed bugs. That's always fun. Or visit a national park. <laughs> who knows? A bear might eat your mother-in-law. And make tons of photos, you know, since your friends are infatuated with bird life of the Great Plains. You might also want to allow for a pullover at every single rest stop along the way because somebody always has to pee. And while the kids are immersed in their iPads, that might be a good time to discuss the separation. Uh, don't forget the big bottle of Pepto-Bismol, just in case your only option for food at a freeway exit is Chipotle. And if a cop pulls you over on your road trip, just hand your bag of weed to your least favorite child. Also, don't forget to bring a sweatshirt because you can then put it over um, your defund the police T-shirt if you do get pulled over. And pick up some cheap souvenirs like, you know, seashells and maps or trucker teeth. And finally, if you're on a road trip, a good tip to remember is to get the kids to sleep and just put on your favorite podcast like this one. Does anybody know all the verses of the national anthem? Well, just when you thought you might know all the verses, now they want to replace it? Yeah, well, they're back beating on my Confederate flag again. Confederate statues are coming down. And they just took down the Christopher Columbus statue in Columbus, Ohio. They also want to bring down the Christopher Columbus statue in Cleveland and put up the statue of Chef Boyardee. Now... I think our national anthem is going to be the next endangered piece of American tradition. There's an online petition that has been signed by more than 3,000 people. And, well, they think the Star-Spangled Banner strikes a sour note. Like in San Francisco, they had the statue of Sir Francis Scott Key toppled, mainly because of his record as a slaveholder, who once said that African Americans were, quote, a distinct and inferior race of people with all experience proves to be the greatest evil that affects a community. It's troubling to admit that the Star Spangled Banner includes a nearly forgotten stanza that's completely unacceptable by today's people. It goes, No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave, and the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. 
Historian and former Vibe magazine writer Kevin Powell, he made a suggestion for a replacement. John Lennon's Imagine. He calls it the most beautiful, unifying, all people, all backgrounds, together kind of song you could have. Except I can't stand it. Lennon didn't have slaves, of course, but look, let's face it, he wasn't a saint either. According to Lennon's housekeeper, Dorothy Jartlett, she said in a recently discovered letter that was written over 55 years ago, the years following the birth of their son Julian saw John Lennon as an absentee father who would criticize and even smack the sensitive Julian for things like having bad table manners, when actually, Jartlett said Julian's table manners were, if anything, better than average. Throughout the marriage, Lennon slept around with other women and would leave drugs, quote, lying around the house. Things came to a head when he drunkenly told his wife at the time, Cynthia, that he had an affair with Yoko Ono. Soon after, Ono revealed she was pregnant, and then Lennon's divorce was finalized at the end of 1968. That's a real role model for a national anthem composer, don't you think? I think some folks think that we should just swap out the Star-Spangled Banner for America the Beautiful, which they say is more aspirational and unifying. And it's also less militaristic, God forbid. But I don't know about you. After the last six months we've had so far in 2020, I think we may need to just rewrite the lyrics. Oh, beautiful for pandemics that came from eating bats. For political Facebook posts arguing about masks. America, America, it's been a crappy year. We will argue, but we'll get through. And still be glad we're here Oh, beautiful for crappy news That seems to never end Murder hornets and canceling The grocery store carrots America, America, when everything seems wrong, we scream and fight, then get it right, and come back freaking strong, and come I don't know. It kind of sounds more like a school alma mater than it does a national anthem. But 
Who am I to judge? <laughs> well, here's a story of an entitled pervert. He's a sex addict. And now he's claiming hot female gamers caused him to injure his penis. All that excessive gaming, you know, it's known to damage your one's joystick, you know. This California sex addict is suing the video streaming platform Twitch for 25 million bucks, claiming that the site's overabundance of scantily clad gamers have caused him to injure his penis, according to the lawsuit. Yeah, he paid a lawyer to, to write that up. The legal document was filed in a Santa Clara County court on uh, back in the middle of June. And San Francisco's Eric Estavillo claimed that the Amazon subsidiary had, quote, subjected him to overly aggressive and sexual content from various female streamers. <laughs> really? <laughs> to cure the... Uh, <clears throat> twitch in his pants, the self-proclaimed sex addict reportedly resorted to using a flashlight to masturbate while watching the salacious gamers, which resulted in him chafing his penis every day. The plaintiff's randy pastime was, quote, extremely painful and caused him redness and mild infections that forced him to use, quote, neosporin on the tip to prevent necrosis. That's according to the 56-page legal document. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to be the legal secretary that had to type that up? Estevello alleges in the transcript that he even once ejaculated on his PC monitor, which caused his gaming system to short-circuit and resulted in a fire that temporarily caused his apartment to black out. That's what you call some, <laughs> some, some really hot love. In response to a request for comment on the allegations, a Twitch spokesperson simply stated, quote, these claims are frivolous and have absolutely no merit. You think? What, forget the $25 million in damages. What this guy really needs is an ice-cold shower. I mean, uh, evidently, he really needs the $25 million so we can stock up on Kleenex. I mean, what, a video gamer with a sex addiction? Wow, I will say that's definitely virgin territory, you know. Frankly, I think the guy just needs to get a grip, but based on the damage to his member, I think he already has one. This guy may as well just be a USPS delivery man. After all, he's used to dealing with the damaged package. Oh, well. Well, are you ready for a new cereal? Green Onion Checks. That's right. It's out and ready to eat in South Korea uh, after 16 years of chocolatey injustice. Back in 2004, you see Kellogg's Korea held a promotional contest, uh, an election, to decide the president of Czechs. Uh, two candidates were the delicious uh, cho uh, chocolate Czechy and the hideous green Chaka. Uh, Czechy promised that if they won, they would add even more chocolate to chocolate Czechs, and Chaka promised to imbue the cereal with stinky green onions. Kellogg's was sure that Chaka would be an easy fall guy, but what Kellogg's forgot is the Internet is full of folks that are, well, they want to ruin anything they can. Kellogg's Korea watched in horror as Chaka the Green Onion Checks began to cruise to what looked like an inevitable landslide victory. 
And in response, they deleted over 42,000 online votes for, quote, security reasons. But still, Chaka held the lead with thousands of votes. Kellogg's began adding mail-in and phone-in ballots, and <gasps> magically, Chocolate Checky became the winner. Many people claimed voter fraud. <laughs> the Internet has wondered about the whereabouts of Chaka ever since. Now, 16 years later, justice is finally being served across South Korea's cereal aisles. Kellogg's Korea sought 50 volunteer taste testers for their new flavor. And they got 14,221 hungry green onion cereal deprived people signed up. Checks Green Onion is at last available to the public with boxes finally appearing on supermarket shelves for a limited time. It is a huge win for democracy and bad breath. Well, now they got to come up with a slogan. These are some of the slogans that were rejected for South Korea's green onion check cereal. Eat them and weep. Onions and milk, a classic combo. Snap, crackle, rich. <laughs> yeah, or as we would used to say in college, Buick. How about this one? It's a crying shame. The breakfast of Changwon. We've imprisoned those responsible. I like that slogan. Another rejected slogan of South Korea's Green Onion Check cereal. Try our kimchi Pop-Tarts. Mm. Or write your own soul food joke. Get it? Soul food. Another one is, uh, has it really come to this? Or more edible than liver checks. And I think my favorite rejected slogan of the South Korea's Green Checks Onion Cereal, they're gross. Well, if you don't think that Green Onion Checks is appetizing, you're really not going to like what they're serving up in Florida with Little Caesars. Yeah, you know, one customer discovered a pizza with a swastika made out of pepperoni. Okay, well, it might taste good, but it certainly doesn't do too well for the uh, appearance. Group of Little Caesars employees, actually, this was in Ohio, not in Florida. They got themselves canned after this offensive anti-Semitic image was discovered on a hot and ready pizza that a customer purchased. Jason Laska purchased this pepperoni hot and ready pizza at a Brook Park Little Caesars in Ohio. When he got home, he said his wife, Misty, opened the box and made a shocking discovery. The pizza had a swastika created out of the pepperoni. The pair immediately contacted the restaurant chain, which had reportedly closed just moments earlier. The owner of the local chain location called the Laskas then to confirm that those employees responsible had been fired. It was not really clear how many employees were involved in the incident. The owner went on to allegedly state the employees had attempted to somehow explain the situation by claiming, quote, well, it was supposed to be an internal joke that these employees were playing on each other and the other employee. According to the owner, the pizza was really never intended to go out. Yeah, you know, I just remember those good old days, you know, when the worst thing a restaurant did was give you food poisoning. Not, not only is a swastika made out of pepperoni totally anti-Semitic, it's also super high in cholesterol. Yeah, 
the couple complained that it was definitely in poor taste, and frankly, if anybody knows about poor taste, it has to be the folks eating Little Caesars. If Little Caesars is trying to rebrand, then maybe they'd better brainstorm other ideas. Something tells me that Little Hitler's is just not going to work out. Well, um, from pizza to fish, here's something that's definitely fishy. This happening in the lovely state of Louisiana. Um, police there were, well, they reeled in a man, captured on video, swimming through a fish tank at the Bass Pro Shop in Bossier City. 26-year-old Kevin Wise thought it was pretty wise to plunge into an indoor aquarium and follow through on a promise that he made to the followers on a social media platform, TikTok. I said that if I got 2,000 likes, I would jump in the tank. Well, he said I got way more than that, and I didn't want to be a liar. So the video captured by one of the shoppers, Treasure McGraw, showed Wise swimming through the tank before climbing out and running from the store with wet clothes. Bass Pro Shops then filed a complaint with the Bossier City Police Department, saying it cost them money to empty out the 13,000-gallon aquarium and clean it after Wise's little dip into the water. He was charged with simple criminal damage to property and released with a citation to appear in court. But here's my question. They had to empty out 13,000 gallons of water after he swam in it? I mean, just how freaking bad did he look? I don't know. You get the feeling maybe there's just not a whole lot of things to do in Bossier City, Louisiana. This is what people are saying about the guy who jumped in the fish tank at the Bass Pro Shop. That guy's a real Bass Pro. The guy did it for TikTok likes. What a Bass Pro move that is. He's a bigger Bass Pro than my ex. Get out of the tank, you freaking Bass Pro. Eh, opinions are like Bass Pros. That's what people are saying about the guy who jumped in the fish tank. Just don't be such a Bass Pro. Now, I talked about earlier in the podcast, at the beginning of the podcast, about the new... Um, <clears throat> Um, hard seltzer flavored ice cream. Well, that might sound somewhat appetizing, but definitely this one is pushing the limits. And it comes from the fine folks in Pittsburgh, PA at Heinz. So, you know, if you're stuck at home and looking for a good kitchen challenge, well, let's see if you want to try this for your 4th of July picnic. Heinz released some recipes for making homemade ice cream. I like homemade ice cream. I've made homemade ice cream all my life. I never expected it to come from the condiment company. And yes, the flavors are all based on their condiments. So if you ever really wanted to, just out of curiosity, try ketchup ice cream or mayo ice cream or barbecue sauce ice cream, well, now you can make it all by yourself. And really, the recipes are pretty simple. Just add some heavy cream, a little condensed milk, whole milk, and, well, a few large squirts of the condiment of your choice to a bowl. Mix them all up and freeze them. Oh, they also have some great topping suggestions also, like raspberry sauce and meringue crumbles on your ketchup ice cream. Or sprinkle a few bacon bits and pecans and a little maple syrup on your barbecue sauce ice cream. Yum, yum, yum. And if that doesn't register on your taste buds. Let's see how this goes for your nose. You've ever wondered what space smells like? Well, NASA is here to help. Yep. And here's my follow-up question. Ever wondered if 
the smell of space would be a turn on. You know, maybe if you go out on a date, hey, honey, how you like my new fragrance? It's out of this world. No, really, there's a new fragrance. It's called Uday Space and literally smells like outer space developed by NASA to prepare astronauts for what they'd smell once they were in space. And now you can have your own personal fragrance. The company that originally made the scent for NASA launched a Kickstarter campaign. And you can get that little bottle of that fragrance to dab on your um, warm spots for just 29 bucks. It comes in a cologne or perfume bottle. And the people behind it say that you actually can spray it on yourself. Now, of course, the big question everyone's wondering is, what does it smell like? Well, they say it mix of, quote, gunpowder, seared steak, raspberries, and rum. Well, I can see a commercial for that being put out on the radio and TV right now. New from NASA, a fragrance like no other. Space. Space. A not-so-subtle mixture of drool from the alien. <laughs> Jabba the Hutt's chin drippings. <laughs> Earwax from Spock. I find your arguments strewn with gaping defects in logic. And Yoda's yarbles. Feel the force around you. In zero gravity, they may not be able to hear you scream, but the smell is out of this world. <laughs> Space. One with, and you'll wish you were in a vacuum space. <laughs> from NASA. I think this would be a great gift idea for that friend of yours or loved one who is clearly oxygen deficient. And happy birthday to one Olivia de Havilland. Um, you may or may not recognize the name. The two-time Oscar winner had a birthday, 104. And, well, it probably would not have really gone really noticed, except for the fact that, well, Olivia de Havilland famously played Melanie Wilkes in Gone with the Wind, who, um, you might remember, just got pulled off of um, HBO Max because of its supposed racial overtones. <clears throat> oh, but uh, the good news is they did bring it back. But we have to have a brief lesson in racial equality before we are allowed to watch the movie. Uh, I wonder if that's what's going to happen to all of the old classics now. The program you are about to watch contains outdated depictions that may be disturbing. The Three Stooges contains gruesome violence. By today's standards, the comedy troupe would be considered a terrorist organization. Hitting another person with a hammer or poking them in the eye are cruel and unusual forms of torture. In addition, it is no longer appropriate to have a bowl haircut and engage in blatant fat shaming. The Three Stooges is certainly a product of its time and contains divisive language like numbskull, lame brain, frizzle top, squirrel bait, half brother to a weasel, and the dreaded nyuck, nyuck, nyuck. Enjoy the film. I just hope they don't do anything to the Munsters. That was a perfectly good show just the way it is. You know, they've already decided to take out episodes of The Golden Girls on Hulu because. The old ladies were putting a mud pack on their face. 
this, you know, mud pack as in makeup, right? But the folks at Hulu decided, well, maybe we better pull that episode because some sensitive people might be offended that they're in blackface. What? Now, wait. This is Betty White and the Golden Girls, people. Oh, well, that you know, the new byline of today, we just don't want to offend anybody. We do not want to offend. Every episode we watched again to make sure we don't cancel Betty White. The show is from the 80s when people did not lose their minds. But now you're woke and cannot handle any jokes, but we're still obliged to say we do not want to offend. Maybe I should just work on getting a disclaimer that I can put at the beginning of this podcast just in case somebody stumbles upon it and, well, has a nervous breakdown before they finish the entire podcast. I, I don't know, but <laughs> there's still more to come because, well, just wait till you hear about the geniuses that I have in our Genius Awards coming later on in the podcast. And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's The Week in Review. A 20-year-old female dog named Augie, who lives in Tennessee, has just been named the world's oldest living golden retriever. Augie is 140 in dog years, but she tells male dogs she's only 30. Wow, Augie, 140 dog years. That makes her, what, about the same age as Joe Biden. Actually, unfortunately, though, I also hear that uh, Augie keeps getting harassed by another female dog named uh, Karen. I hear that uh, this dog is a real bitch. Aunt Jemima's gone into retirement. But don't worry, we've replaced her with a stereotype that's way, way, way more acceptable. Introducing Aunt Karen. Hello, this is Aunt Karen. I'm calling to report that this person is about to pour me on their pancakes. Look for Aunt Karen and her signature hairdo right on the bottle. Sir, are those even your pancakes? Did you pay for those pancakes? Whoa, easy Aunt Karen. Excuse me, Mr. Announcer. I'm not talking to you. Okay, Aunt Karen is the sugary sweet syrup with a product mascot who's anything but. No, no, no. Why are you filming me? Why are you filming me? I have a right to be here. Ask your grocer if they carry Aunt Karen pancake syrup. If not, just do what Aunt Karen would do. I demand to talk to the manager. I have never been treated so poorly. And where are you from anyway? Were you even born here? I'm calling the police. The Democratic National Committee announced that Joe Biden will accept the nomination at a scaled-down convention in Milwaukee. Joe hasn't done any public appearances in like three months. They're worried someone will confuse him with an old statue and tear him down. The New York City Sheriff's Office busted a group of people on Staten Island who were hauling illegal fireworks and an alligator. 
which you heard about earlier in the podcast. You know, that's a big no-no, folks. You do not want fireworks anywhere near your lizard. Ten people got arrested for hauling three alligators, although some people say the story's a crock. MSNBC has named weekend morning host Joy Reid as the anchor of the 7 p.m. time slot that has been vacant since they fired Chris Matthews. Well, the show isn't expected to launch, though, until August. They they just wanted to give the president enough time to think of a nickname for the show. And if you remember, Chris Matthews was the host of Hardball. But, well, we all know he got fired over blue balls. The NFL Hall of Fame has postponed its August induction ceremony because of the coronavirus concerns. And plus, somebody tore down all the statues. The league is also canceling the Hall of Fame game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is a curious decision, you know, because the Cowboys' defense never came within six feet of anybody last year. The Rolling Stones are threatening to sue the Trump campaign for playing their song, You Can't Always Get What You Want, you know, at the rallies, right? Of course, this isn't the first time that this has happened. Uh, bon Jovi wanted Joe Biden using uh, does he didn't, John John Bon Jovi doesn't want Joe Biden using "Lay Your Hands on Me," and of course, you know Pink Floyd has a problem uh, with Bill Clinton using "Have a Cigar." And porn star Ron Jeremy has pled not guilty to three sexual assault charges. He's facing a stiff sentence. Luckily, if he gets a jury of his peers, it'll be a hung jury. Of course, no more. Okay, no more Ron Jeremy jokes. I know they're they're just all too hard. The NBA may allow players to wear to wear political statements on the back of their jerseys when they play. Of course, I think it's only right that the Knicks can post about police brutality. They get beat all the time. The speculation is growing that President Trump could join the new social media app Parler after Twitter's crackdown on conservative accounts. Of course, if he does that, Twitter is, well, is going down a word that rhymes with Twitter, if you know what I mean. It's kind of a crazy time for social media, you know? Biden is threatening to leave MySpace. He heard about this new one called Friendster. Mississippi lawmakers have voted to remove the Confederate symbol now from their state flag. I understand they're going to replace it with a Mountain Dew symbol. And a study by Lafayette University found that people who constantly nitpick their partners can send them to an early grave. Well, although chances are they'll be happy to go. Princeton is removing Woodrow Wilson's name from its campus because of persistent racism by the late president. Nothing he said, though, could really be as offensive as charging someone 600000 bucks for an art history degree. St. Louis couple is under fire for drawing guns on a group of 300 protesters who came to their lawn. I I think they just overreacted. I mean, other than the uh, burnt down police stations, the hundreds of destroyed storefronts and, well, that one week of looting, these protesters have been entirely peaceful. The group was marching to the mayor's house to demand that she resign after she spoke out against defunding the police. Of course, Oddly enough, the minute this couple pulled out their guns, the protesters called the police. And the New England Patriots have signed former Panthers quarterback Cam Newton 
to a one-year deal. Neil Newton, if you remember, was an MVP in Carolina, but now he'll have to learn how to throw a deflated football. It's amazing, though, that the team loses Brady and Gronk, and yet Robert Kraft will still have a happy ending. And the football team's going to be pretty good, too. Chinese researchers have discovered an infectious form of swine flu in pigs that has the potential to become another pandemic. And if you think the coronavirus made people stop porking, you ain't seen nothing yet. A British survey found that one in three dog owners would choose their pet over their partner. Talk about hitting a rough patch. I mean, technically speaking, dogs are a lot less messy than most people that I used to date whenever I was single. I mean, and it's a lot less upsetting, too, when you catch them sniffing someone's privates. I mean, this is the kind of story that really should give everyone pause. You get it? Because, well... Oregon voters are pushing to legalize psychedelic mushrooms also. Apparently, three UFO sightings this year just wasn't enough. In a video of a St. Louis couple who pulled out their guns defending their home after those protesters stormed through their private community, now it's gone viral. Everyone on social media is giving this couple band names. I think I'm going to go with Vanilla Isis. I mean, if they were a branch of the military, it would be Meal Team, Meal Team 6. <laughs> But look, don't feel bad for the protesters. I would feel bad for the Jehovah's Witnesses. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's a genius award. A Florida man is behind bars after the Flagler County Sheriff's Office said he stole an ambulance that was idling outside a hospital and led law enforcement on a multi-county chase. (laughs) The Daytona Beach Police Department received a call just after 2.30 in the morning in reference to a stolen vehicle at Advent Health Hospital. An EMT at the hospital tells the police that she and her other crew members were inside the hospital working on a patient when a man entered the ambulance that was sitting empty outside. She tells the officers that the front doors of the ambulance were actually locked, but the back doors were left unlocked as they wheeled the patient into the hospital. Uh, Flagler deputies were eventually able to catch up with the ambulance stolen by a man named Keith Peacock. Peacock was eventually secured into handcuffs and taken to the Flagler County Jail, where now he faced charges of grand theft of a motor vehicle. Of course, if this guy needed a ride, he could have just called an Uber. Although, with the way Uber drivers operate cars... He probably would have needed an ambulance eventually anyway. But hey, now that he's a convicted criminal, he can officially drive for Uber. And then there's the Phillipsburg, New Jersey man who got himself arrested by Warwick Town Police after he was found sleeping in the office of the Penn Street Bowling Alley. 23-year-old Kevin Correa was charged with felony burglary and criminal mischief after police found a 2004 Peterbilt tractor-trailer cab in the parking lot that had been damaged by a bowling ball. Officers found the doors to the bowling alley had been forced open and saw damage inside. Korea was brought to the police headquarters where it was then determined he had been involved in a burglary of another business sometime earlier in the month. He was charged with two counts of misdemeanor criminal trespass. 
under the state bail reform guidelines, he was released from custody on an appearance ticket pending a future court appearance. (laughs) This guy really sounds like a total mess. He might have been sleeping in the bowling alley office, but I'd say his life is in the gutter. I mean, he didn't get a strike at the bowling alley, but he definitely got a strike on his permanent record. Or how about the Oklahoma man who got arrested after threatening to blow up an on-cue gas station? Police responded to the gas station around 9.30 at night, and when they got there, 25-year-old Justice Cobbs was sitting on the curb of the gas station with his hand in a bag that he said had a C4 in it. Cobb tells the police if they got close to him, he'd blow up the on-cue. He also said he was there with the bomb because all the injustice going on in the world and he was doing it for Black Lives Matter. Police say that Cobbs requested a bottle of water, cigarettes, and a lighter from inside the store. So police complied and threw the items a few feet short of him. So when he made his way to pick up the items... Two officers were able to move in from behind and nab him. (laughs) Must have been pretty shocking for the gas station attendant. You know, the only thing they're used to seeing get blown up is the bathroom. Of course, cops said that the bomb was the second most dangerous thing at the gas station. You know, right behind the liquid nacho cheese sauce. And what about this, where a Florida woman who called 911 four times to ask for a ride to a nearby city. Well, she was given a ride to jail. 31-year-old Sarah Alame of Eagle Lake, about 60 miles southwest of Orlando, was obviously charged with the misuse of 911. Alame first called the emergency response line at 2.45 in the morning and said, hello, before hanging up. Officers went to the location of the call and didn't find anyone. She made a second call at 3 o'clock in the morning, and the call disconnected. Officers came to the same location, where they found Alame in a hospital parking lot. She told an officer she was the woman who called and needed a ride to another city. Then she called 911 to complain about the officer and eventually made yet another call. Officers responded then and took Alame to the Polk County Jail. <laughs> Uh, who who calls 911 and asks police for a ride anyway, you know? Everybody knows you're supposed to call Uber and ask for their ex-convict drivers. I mean, I guess she wanted a ride in one of those real nice, fancy Ford Explorers that the cops drive, you know? Although, if they get defunded, she may be getting a ride in a Ford Fiesta. Oh, and you got to check this one out. Federal prosecutors said a Massachusetts man pled guilty to illegally importing and exporting turtles and salamanders in violation of federal law and international agreements. According to the statement from the U.S. Attorney's Office in Boston, a 27-year-old Nathan Boss of Worcester pled guilty to smuggling wildlife out of the U.S., smuggling wildlife into the U.S., and lying to the federal investigators. I mean, during the investigation, which started in 2017, authorities intercepted a package from Hong Kong intended for Boss that contained four black-breasted leaf turtles, which are an endangered species, by the way, that cannot be imported unless approved by the federal U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. 
Boss also imported a species of salamander that can carry a fungal disease and is prohibited from importation into the U.S. Now he's facing up to 20 years in prison at a sentencing that's scheduled for later in the year. Jeez, smuggling turtles? It's definitely created a major problem for this guy. I mean, most of us are in a different type of trouble when we have a turtle head poking out. I mean, what the heck is a 27-year-old doing smuggling turtles and salamanders anyway? I mean, he just should have stayed home and played with his snake. And you'll never believe a group of concerned residents in the Yale Town area said that a man exposed himself during the daytime while jumping on a woman's car in the middle of a downtown Vancouver intersection. In a Twitter post, a group called a Safer Vancouver writes that the man exposed himself yesterday after jumping all over a woman's car. The group also shares a couple of videos of the incident, which shows a distressed man with his pants falling down past his waist, jumping onto the hood of a vehicle. The man also runs down the street and appears to be swinging a piece of clothing over his head. He also tosses a business sign over his head. The person in the video says, the poor woman in the car, she'll never forget this. The police stated that the man was reportedly obviously high on drugs, had to be taken into custody by police under the Mental Health Act. <laughs> well, maybe he was concerned that this woman needed to check her oil. I mean, after all, that would explain why he presented his dipstick. I mean, we've had bugs smack into the car, right? This might be the first time, though, I've ever heard of someone's vehicle being bombarded by a trouser snake. Okay, one more. Okay. An Oregon man was briefly jailed for contempt after he refused to wear a mask and walked out of the courtroom where he was scheduled to appear for a harassment charge and a traffic violation. John Colbeth was anxious to get to his court appearance, completed here recently. He arrived for municipal court in Sweet Home, Oregon, an hour earlier than his scheduled appearance. A court clerk advised him to put on a face mask, but he declined and stood in the back of the courtroom with his six-year-old daughter, Bailey, far away from everyone else. Colbert told the judge he would leave, took his daughter's hand, and walked to the parking lot. Sweet Home Police Chief Jeff Lynn approached Colbert and told him that the judge had ordered a warrant for his arrest. Colbeth was not arrested for refusing to wear a mask, but because he left the courtroom without his case being completed. I, I just don't really think this guy deserved to be jailed, though. I mean, he's not a real Oregon criminal. All of those people live in Portland. I mean, he does sound like a stubborn mule, though. I mean, people need to start viewing these masks like condoms, you know. Just put them on and you'll avoid a serious problem down the road. Okay, I conclude now on a passing thought. Me in the shower, 2% washing, 8% singing, 90% winning fake arguments. Now, don't forget to subscribe and share our podcast with all of your stupid friends and family so they can feel less self-conscious about their own behavior. 
Well, there has to be some acknowledgments of all the compilations and descriptions of the stupid world. I mean, what do you think? I write all this stuff by myself? So thanks to A-List Comedy, Ed Large Media, Premier Networks, Wise Brother Media, the Universal Comedy Network, Pulsar Radio, and United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.